big beard. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Ayana. <laughs> Welcome to Fill in the Blank Podcast. Welcome. Um, Get away. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week here at Fill in the Blank Podcast. Fill in the Blank. I have to do that every time now. Hi, Ayana. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm great. So, what's been going on since the last time we talked? How have you been doing? I've been good. That's it? Yeah, I mean, there's really not been much. Um, Let me see. What's, uh, what's happened? I didn't do anything for two days straight. I <laughs> I, you know, self-care. Uh, it was great. I just watched TV. I binge watched Bridgerton all over again. Oh, um, that's I'm, so good. I'm ready for, um, I haven't had the time to sit down and watch uh, Queen Charlotte yet. So it's so good. I'm really excited. I was crying by the end time. of it. I love a good cry. Yeah. Um. So that I finished the fourth book of the series, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. Finished that today. So now I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sad, but I'm leading into the fifth and final book oh wow um it's 700 something pages so we'll see how long it takes me this time to, to get through to it. fly through it yeah um, but yeah that um mother's day i didn't do anything you did nothing no i did nothing it was great. chilled out i just chilled i did send uh everyone their their happy mother's day though yeah i sent asia oh god look at asia <laughs> i sent asia hers i sent yeah. my mom hers of course um and then a couple of my friends who are now mavas yeah uh, Oh, and a friend who wants to be a mother. I sent her a happy Mother's Aww, Day, too. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, but uh, I mean, oh, I launched my YouTube. Yay! I've been, talking about, I I've been talking about this for, what, a year plus? Yeah. And I finally did it. Uh, Natalie kind of yelled at me. She was like, I'm going to just start already. My just therapist also was like, because I was like, yeah, if I get this, she was like, I'm going to, you keep saying if. I was like, I'm going to do the. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. She was like, okay, but do you want to do it? Like, you don't have to do it. I was like, no, I want to do it. She was like, okay, so say you're going to do it. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I finally just did it. Um, so I only let out the intro video. I just have so much footage to edit through. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've also been doing aside from reading. And my my eyes hurt. My brains hurts from like staring at screens all day. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of footage. Yeah. You've been recording for a long time. You just haven't. I just haven't done any anything it. with it. Um, yeah. So a lot of a lot of footage, but uh, yeah. Well, I'm super proud of you because that's awesome. Thanks. That's something you've been talking about for a long time, and you finally just, just started. Did I did. That's I the scariest started. part is starting. It really is the scariest. Well, and then there's also the scary part that we both felt mm -hmm. uh, when you get into a project and then you feel a lull, and then yeah. you're like, mm, kind of want to quit. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I'll be waiting for that part because I'm sure it'll come. No, don't expect that though. Oh. Have the. Okay. We're going into it with the expectancy of all the positivity that's going to come from you starting this channel. Yes. Instead of the the uh, lull, because that's not the good part. <laughs> it's not the good part, but I do feel like it's realistic. I yeah, feel it is like realistic. It will happen, but yeah. undoubtedly. I think but. the thing what I need is like, I need to prep myself for, with the proper tools. So when I do experience a lull, then I know I can like push through it. Yeah, that you have the, like what we've talked about before, like the, the grit. grit. I need, I need to it. get through. I need the grit. The grit. I love it. But yeah. What about you? So I graduated. Woo! <laughs> 
Um, that was cool. I was the only person I think who walked out. Uh, you know when when <laughs> we were when we were at when we were at this freaking graduation, I hear um, Miranda and Ariel whispering next to me saying Kayla was gonna leave early. I was like. Kayla can't leave early. And I'm looking at even like everyone getting their PhD. They're like doing their due diligence. They're walking all the way down, taking their picture and walking right back to their seat. I was like, Kayla's not going to be able to leave. They had stuff blocked off and everything. Kayla was the only one. And I was like, she's not going to do it. There's no way she's going to do it. And I see her like stop the woman. She goes, "Mm, can I go to the bathroom? (laughs) And I saw her walk off and she looked at us. She go, all right, wrap it up. (laughs) And then we all just started leaving. I was like, Kayla really just did that. I did it. I did it. I was like, you're you're a rebel. Yeah, I had to get up out of there. There was no way I was sitting through that whole ceremony. And my parents had to get (laughs) back. She said I got my degree back. Yeah, I I mean, it was a long drive. It took Mm. us like almost three hours to get there and then back. So I just did not want to sit through the rest of the ceremony. But imagine if we did stay the entire time. Well, I guess in some ways we kind of did, but not really. We were leaving right when everyone else was getting out. Which was perfect. Which was perfect. Because number one, if you hadn't left early... We would have been trying to take pictures with all those people around. You got so many and good caught up with yourself, all the cars coming, all out. the traffic. Um, so we we timed it perfectly. But yeah. I can't imagine what time I actually would have gotten home that night mm. if because it took us a while to drive, and then we went to dinner, and yep. then we went to Nana's house. Mm-hmm. Not me calling her Nana like that's that's my your Nana. Nana too. We went to Nana's house, and then uh, by the time I got home, I was like pooped. Yeah. I was was exhausted too. I was really tired, but... It was cool though. Did you add my charm? I did. I have to show you. I have it in the room. I haven't even worn it yet, but I went and put the charms on there. Ayana got me some graduation Pandora charms for my bracelet. So yeah, I she's was always like, happy. no one ever gets me charms for my bracelet. I was like, yeah. what am I going to get her for her graduation? I was like, <gasps> I know. That was so thoughtful. I, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, and then on Mother's Day, an update from the last episode, I did decide <gasps> to stay home. Woo! So I stayed home. It was and it was surprising because it's almost like I still have the expectation of like how my relationship previously used to be Mm. with my with my parents. And so I thought my dad was going to respond negatively. Um, I just thought that he might feel like I was kind of making up an excuse or something. Yeah. Um, But then when he responded, he was just super like, you know, I just feel kind of like helpless as a dad that I can't take that feeling away from you. And he was like, I feel really sad that it's this hard for you today. And he was, I just want you to do what you need to do and everybody will understand it. You know, you know, first of all, I'm really proud of you for having the courage to do what we of course advise you to, but what you felt pulled for you to do for years now. Mm -hmm. But this was like the perfect time. And I feel like this was a perfect, I don't know, it was a perfect storm, but this is the perfect moment for you to do it. And you took the courage to just walk into that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it paid off. Yeah, it did. It did. I I know that adjustment with uh, addressing parents and uh, your new relationship, because for even still now, sometimes I react to my dad as if he were him old, his old self. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you're, you're not that person anymore. I'm not that person anymore um and we just have better ways of communicating and navigating things now yeah um, so i definitely understand that but i'm really proud of you thank Kayla. you and i'm happy that you you had the a good mother's day yes i did the one it that was you really it desired. was really chill um and then also in other news yesterday i started counseling back Woo! So i woo, went woo, back woo. to my counselor i love that and it's just super timely because what we're talking about today 
has so much to do with what I was talking about in counseling yesterday, which was basically we always come back to talking about my inner child yeah. and kind of giving to myself the things that um, I feel like I might have lacked from childhood and trying to dis- trying to discover more of like what are my emotional needs that are unmet yeah. and then how we can redefine those now in my adult life. So today, guys, we have one of my very closest friends, like somebody that we talk about all the time on this podcast because I love her so very much. Everybody love her because she everybody favorite, okay? And if she not, I fight you. Anyways, we have my girl, Chloe. Hi. <laughs> Chloe money. <laughs> Period. Lolo. <laughs> Period. All the above. Period. <laughs> Hi, Chloe. Hi, guys. Hey. Okay, I'm so nervous. No, oh, don't be nervous. I mean, it's a me- like there are real people there's out a there, but invisible audience. But nonetheless, like it's just we us. can't see them. Chloe, you don't have to be nervous. It's just us, and we'd be so lackadaisy about stuff. We just like hi, honestly. Just weirdos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I just have so much respect for what y'all do here. Oh. So, so, and I'm a fan of the show. So. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I don't know how to sound on the mic, but that probably sounds crazy. Look, we know. Random noises. But yeah, no, I just got a lot of respect for what y'all do here and in, in, in therapeutic spaces. I, yeah. So, yeah. Because oh, yeah, this is your cup of tea. It really oh, this is. is yes. Yeah, I love it that. Really well, that's why you here. <laughs> is this your first time on a podcast? Uh, no, Ooh. no. So it, it wasn't based around therapy. Um, uh, my cousin through marriage has has a or had a podcast about just like music and culture, ah. and so um, I, I was there previously. We talked, sort of talked about um, the intersectionality of like of like being a religious person that listens to secular music yeah. Ooh, and I how that, that shows up. Discussion. It is especially everyone in the room was raised in a really strict religious household, so it yeah. was a, it was a fruitful discussion. That's good. Been a part of that discussion. I, yeah, it was it was lit. The title of it was um mama i just listened for the beat like it was just Ooh. like because you know like when your parents like why do you listen to that and like it's just for the beat like that's oh, the, that's, that's the excuse you come up it was such a fruitful discussion i um, like that that's but yeah weird. that's 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 my that's my resume prior for podcast come on okay, now for, for just for podcasts hey, hey. <laughs> you know well before we get into like who you are just tell us how, how have you been how have you been because i haven't seen you since the God. dress fitting yeah. Why does that feel like that, that was wasn't so that long, long ago. ago? But it feels like it was a really long time ago. It was a month ago. ago. Am I tripping? Was that, that about, about a month ago? ago? Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. Whatever. Before we get started, how are you, Chloe? Um, I think I'm okay for the most part. Um, Come on, honest answer. Look, I'll yes. be trying. I'll be trying. I think, you know, uh, and Caleb I, and I have talked a little bit at length, um, and I know she got into that in previous episodes, but, you know, my mom is... You know, she's she has a little bit of a health situation. So like Mother's Day and things like that can sometimes be hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit difficult for me to know how it'll hit me on any given day because mm-hmm. um, she's been sick for quite some time. So so I think I think I was really sort of taking inventory and in dealing with the ups and downs of that this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, you know, also also being proud of myself that like even though parts of the day were hard, I was able to 
to to still feel joy at different parts of it. Yeah. I think I think sometimes I'm like, if the beginning of the day is bad, then it's all gone. Yeah. Um. So I've really been trying to work on like redirecting. So, uh, you know, I, it, it's it's felt like some up and downs. I think that sort of has been the the big thing. But but yeah, just trying to just trying to feel all of it. Um. And I think I think okay for the most part. Yeah. yeah. I'm like it's a very human experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. feel all of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I I really admire about you that you always answer so honestly when you are sharing how you are actually doing, because we were just saying, like, it's so easy for you to just quickly be like, I'm good, good," you know, and keep it pushing and knowing that that's not the honest answer. So Mm -hmm. it's just very admirable that you always try to answer honestly. Yeah. Thanks, (laughs) (laughs) Kudu. I'm so weak. I'm so dead. I don't know. I don't know how to accept compliments for real. So, it's so okay. Well, I'm gonna just keep giving hard. you compliments until you know. It's hard. Whenever, baby, you are gonna get some Whenever. awkward answers and some you awkward like, facial expressions. Yeah, That's okay. I'm used to it. If you like, I love it. <laughs> so, what are we out first? Actually, before we get into what we're actually talking about today, I want to give you the opportunity to actually introduce yourself and mm-hmm. like your line of work how you got into that line of work. Just give a little bit of background in the hat that you wear professionally. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Chloe Gillespie-Gogans. I am a clinical therapist. Uh, So by way of, I have my license in clinical social work. Mm -hmm. Um, I currently work with uh, people with various eating disorders. Um, I do a lot of um, bulimia nervosa, uh, binge eating disorder, emotional eating in general. Um, I also, I would say specialize, I, you know, I'm trying to be so weird saying that about myself, <laughs> accepting my expertise, but um, I also deal heavily with like depression, anxiety, and personality disorders are like, you know, mm-hmm. sort of my bag. Um, and I've been practicing clinically um, with like a terminal license for about five years now. Because mm-hmm. um, I graduated with my master's in like around 2019. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of where I live right now. I also am now recently the owner of my own private practice. Get that yeah. um, but it's it's called Mazani Therapeutic Services. Uh, so I'll give resources after, but yeah. um, that's just fairly new. So I'm still building up clientele for that. But I'm like really, really excited about As that. As you so. should be. As you yeah. should be. Yes. It's a blessing. It's it a blessing. is. So how did you find your way into the counseling profession? What was it that was the spark for you mm-hmm. that made you decide that this was the field that you wanted to go into? Um, that's such a great question. Um, so I think that to some degree, I've always sort of felt like a, like an introspective person. Mm -hmm. I think coming up, especially in adolescence is when it was solidified for me. Like I spent so much time in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, are you the only child? No, no, I got, no. I got an older sister. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it just you two? Yeah. 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 Even though my mom is like raised like seven children so so we are yeah it's crazy story (laughs) but biologically only two kids um and I was raised for the longest with my my older sister she's my she's my big little sister um but nonetheless I spent so much time in my head to my detriment sometimes coming up um and I spent a lot of time alone and I just sort of remember in high school it's actually an issue um 
I wouldn't even like eat lunch in the general area. I had like a lot of anxiety about it. And and so I just typically stayed to myself and like my peers started to like come and find me and just talk to me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm like, why are y'all finding me? Like I'd be on the yeah. back stairwell and they'd be like, hey, can I talk to you about something? Mm-hmm. And then they'd just be like, telling me stuff um, that would range from like my boyfriend broke up to me to like, you know, my dad put his hands on me last night. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, and so though I was underqualified, I think something felt really like natural to me about, about being in that position and like offering advice or being like, yeah, you should go tell adults. I was definitely like, adults should know about this type of person. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah. From there, I think I knew pretty early on, I went into college knowing I wanted to, to be a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. How did it feel when you finally got into the position that now you're doing the thing that you kind of felt that you've always gravitated towards naturally doing? Like you are now working with a population Mm -hmm. of people that you're able to help. So does it feel good to be able to work with them in such a in the clinical fashion, you know, since you have been the advice giver always previously? Um. It feels so surreal. Mm-hmm. It feels so surreal. It's like you you pray for something so long and you envision it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then I think when it happens, there's, there's, I know you spoke to a little earlier, mm-hmm. earlier, there's this like lull, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this like, ah, oh, dig. So, so this is it. And when you, and when you fantasize about something for so long, there's no way that it actually meets the expectation mm-hmm. you set for it. Cause you fantasized about it. You yeah. know, same thing I experienced with marriage. Like, I was just on a pedestal for so long mm-hmm. and I got married and I'm like, everything's still great, but dig, I guess this is it. So similar to, similar to my profession. Yeah. I just, I'm even, even with getting my private practice, I've talked about it so long, but when God brings it to fruition, there is this sort of like, you know, oh, dig what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. I'm ex- I'm excited about it, and it feels natural. It feels like I'm walking in my purpose, but it also feels like, you know, oh, well, is this all? Yeah, um, I'm I'm also dealing with those feelings as well. Yeah. Well, I think just from the outside looking in, this is me again about to pour into you. That he's like, dang, man. (laughs) But I I think that you are doing an amazing job. And I think that you are continuing to push forward that even if it may feel like, dang, this is it right now, Mm -hmm. with the things that you are pursuing and how you're seeking to expand your knowledge and your professional life, it's going to be so abundant in the future that you're going to look back and be like, wow, like I did all of this to get to this point. So I'm super proud of you. And that's the reason why we had to have you here today so that we could have this type of conversation mm-hmm. about reparenting yourself. Um, I think this is like super interesting when you sent over like different topic ideas that mm-hmm. we could talk about. I think that for both of us, that was one that kind of stood mm-hmm. out. And we were like, ooh, that's really good because it's something that I think can particularly impact so many different people. So it, can you give like, a background about what reparenting yourself means and mm-hmm. why people would seek to want to reparent themselves in the um in like their present life. Yeah. Yeah, I can. First off, thank you for speaking life into me. Of course. I always. love you. I appreciate you. I I'm, love I'm you. trying to get better at taking it and letting it sit. Letting it sit. Instead of being like, stop it. So, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, but no, so jumping into reparenting, it's, it's, it's so interesting. I really nerded out mm-hmm. in terms of the research. So reparenting is really like, it's a, it's a, it's a present term that's used, but like the, the, the actual 
therapeutic and psychological act of reparenting, whether it be in therapy or whether it be with yourself, has been around like since the 1950s. Mm. Um, so it's gone by different names. So it's it's been called transactional analysis at one point, inner ah. child work, interrelational work. Nothing new under the sun. Like mm-hmm. it just it just sort of comes in different forms. Um, so more more popularly, I think it's known as the act of giving yourself what you didn't receive as a child. That's mm-hmm. sort of you know layman's terms, the popular definition. In terms of the clinical definition. It is a specific form of psychotherapy in which the therapist like actively assumes the role of like a parent or guardian Mm -hmm. um, or a surrogate parent um, in order to treat psychological disturbances caused um, by defective or even abusive parenting. Wait, Um, the counselor does that? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you do that without crossing some form of boundaries with your client? (laughs) I'm going to get into it, baby. I'm going to get into it. I got you. We get it. It's such a it's such a great question. So I think that I think that in in the in the act of reparenting doing psychotherapy, you know, you're not actually calling your, you know, you're not actually calling your therapist mom mom or dad. dad, They're not showing up to events. There are really strict boundaries around like not seeing each other out of session, Mm -hmm. right? Like not communicating outside of session as well. You're not texting this person, right? Because it is when you're doing reparenting and that was something that that is really really key to the psychotherapy boundaries have to be really really strict or it gets really Mm -hmm. inappropriate really fast and in generals in therapy boundaries need to be strict but when you are when the when the heart of your therapy is um using the interaction between the the clinician and the patient Mm -hmm. as the heart of therapy it's got to be it's got to be really really strict yeah Yeah, it's got to be strict but like the 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 benefits are really good. Um, and, and also, I guess in terms of even the therapist, it's also not like they're being like, what was your mom like in like reenacting it or anything yeah. like that? But you you may do some 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 exercises like if your mom was here, what would you say? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's there there are different limitations to it. But I I, I know, yeah, when I was reading, I was like, Y'all wanna be careful of how I explain it, because it it can be really scary. Okay. And um, I yeah. will say, like, I like in studying when I was studying and I went over psychotherapy, mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, this is a practice that I probably would never incorporate in the way that I treat clients mm-hmm. because it is so, like you said, it's very specific and mm-hmm. it has to be within these parameters. Mm-hmm. And I had, when I was a child, I went to counseling mm-hmm. and a counselor performed psychotherapy on me and asked the exact question that you did. And like you said, it has to be so it has to be the right time. And the timing that he utilized this on me, it was inappropriate because I was a child and he was asking me, this is in the height of my grieving my mom. Mm-hmm. And he said, if your mom's sitting right here, what would you say to her? Mm-hmm. You know, that type of thing. Like mm-hmm. if she was here, like if she's sitting here and I, I was too young to conceptualize like what was happening, that it did kind of cross a boundary. And then I never went back. Mm -hmm. So you do have to be so super careful when utilizing psychotherapy and it has to be like your bag. Like everybody has different ways that they practice and Mm -hmm. the arts to their way that they do therapy. Mm -hmm. And if it is not your thing, it's not going to work out well. I would imagine you probably have to know how to read people extremely well and how to assert yourself fairly well, because with something like that, it sounds like you would have to 
pretty consistently reassert boundaries every single time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And knowing your client well enough yeah. too. Yeah. I, I think that's also something I wanted to add, right? Like you don't, reparenting is not something you get into on the first session or the second session or even yeah. the third session. Like it's it's months of rapport After building rapport. Yep. Yeah. before you say, all right, can we deal with this stuff? Because I think childhood trauma, adolescent trauma is so insidious. Oh, mm-hmm. it, sticks sticky, to the, sticky. it sticks to the bones. Yeah. It is It is really inappropriate to yeah. dig into that stuff um, when you're not ready. And in the same way, in like a relationship outside of therapy, you open up after getting to know someone, your therapist has to earn it too. Yeah. You know, it moves a little bit quicker because you know why you're there and it's it's a it's a it's a it's an agreed upon, yeah, one yeah. side of relationship, but they gotta earn it too. So yeah, yeah it's not something you jump into quickly. Agreed. And it sounds like he moved a little bit too fast. Oh, yeah, that was like the first session I had with him. Yeah, no, that's not what you do. Yeah, super oh, inappropriate. Yeah. yeah, that's not what you do. Mm-hmm. The first one, you're a child. Mm-hmm. That's not what you do. That's Dang, what no rapport building. No, and that's, that's like one of the crazy. most important things that that's you learn. Like counseling one on one, you have crazy. to build rapport first and foremost. Yeah, my first session with a kid is playing games. Yeah, um, what would you into? Yeah, you know, I ain't gonna take it easy on you. Yeah, <laughs> you lost. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened at home? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so yeah, you take it slow. You gotta take it slow. Yeah, wow. sounds quick. Okay, right. but I'm sorry that I I cut that. Cut that off. Did you have anything else that you were trying to no, share that I okay. cut it off? No. Uh, well, I think I think the only other thing I wanted to add is that um, it's a really useful tool in terms of like attachment styles. And I know y'all talked yeah. about that before. Mm-hmm. In terms of like avoiding attachment, anxious attachment is reparenting is really useful. I also I think when we think of reparenting, we think innately about like the mother child father child guardian child relationship. Mm-hmm. But like we're also parented you know, by society in Mm. ways. So I think that like, it's also really good for um, populations that have been like bullied. So minorities of various things or people who have just been like bullied in adolescence. Um, and, and I consider minorities to be <laughs> to be persons that have been bullied in a sense by society. So I think that we're parented by people outside of our homes. So reparenting can also be useful, even if you haven't had um, trauma within the family system itself. Um, any person that was influential to you where the bond broke down, it can be a useful tool. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this is something that essentially pretty much everybody can utilize. I was utilize. about to say, every, yeah. I, I, I would imagine that the severity of it depends on like, if you're doing like self-reparenting or if you need like professional help, like with reparenting. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I feel like everyone could probably benefit from it. In some way, shape or form. Yeah. 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 So what are some of the, is there like a specific like warning sign that you might need to like, okay, I really need to dive into reparenting. Like this is a area that I should be focused on. Yeah. Yeah. So a a really critical um, or chronic uh, low self-esteem. So a really mm-hmm. critical internal voice is a key to me that you need wow. to be reparented. Mm-hmm. Um, also, again, people with abusive, absent or dismissive internal dialogues. Wow. It's like a like as soon as I see it, I'm like, ding, Help. ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Um, Help. I don't, hold on. Yeah. Help <laughs> yeah, tell me what's going on. I'm like, yeah. you have no reaction to that. Is it hit? Well, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm about to start busting out. Like, that's why my eyes are wide because I'm trying to laugh so hard because I keep looking at Ariel, but I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the 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 key populations that that all know innately probably would benefit from that type of therapy. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that like as she was talking, there was something that you were like, oh, I actually might 
I mean, I think I've done my own self-reparenting throughout, but not, well, some with uh, professional help too. Since I've started counseling, even through the marriage counseling, um, what I hadn't realized is there was a lot of that going on without the psychotherapy, but just in, in, in ways of, um, in, in confronting like how I speak to myself and, mm-hmm. and how I think about life and my perspective and, uh, in general or even just how what my reactions mean and and all of that has been a part of uh, my growth in the past like year and a half since I started counseling Mm -hmm. um and and low self-esteem um as well as like having issues with establishing and and asserting boundaries Mm -hmm. and like a terrible self-talk or terrible like victim mindset like stuff like that was like what I realized I needed to shift and change and things that I've um worked on quite a bit for the past year and a half um and you know have helped me blossom to this beautiful young mess right here um but nonetheless like when you were saying like wow yes yeah all of it yeah Yeah. all of it how do people typically get their start because i know this is something that i'm working on as well like i said i'm constantly talking about this in my counseling sessions because of the fact that um i have had a lot of the things that you mentioned on the list about, you know, having like absent, an absent parent, not because of like choice, but because Mm -hmm. I had a parent that passed away. Mm -hmm. And then there's trauma that goes along with that. And then when you have um, like anxious attachment styles Mm -hmm. and avoiding and all of these different things, it does start to build, like you said, like that critical Mm self-talk and all of that. And then you are now at the place where you're just like, how did I spiral to this place? Like, It just happens, you know? And so it's something that I'm constantly trying to heal from. Because like you said, that those wounds from childhood can be so insidious. Like they just Mm -hmm. literally like creep and live inside of you. until you leeches. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. And so for people who are in that same position, how do you get your start to be able to move forward, to be able to like take um take action mm-hmm. to reparent yourself and to be able to give back to yourself maybe what you've lacked in your childhood years. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I want to break that up into two parts cuz I think I think in terms of reparenting there's a there's a definite like really clear clinical sort of step by step process mm-hmm. and then there's like things that you can do with yourself individually. So depending on like what your, you know, what your audience is is interested in, right? Like which one you want to go with or if it's some amalgamation of both. But I I I think that one of the first steps is understanding that the voice in your head did not just come from you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I I try to tell my clients I'm like and it's also why reparenting is important because the messages that we have about ourselves rarely originate from us, yeah. right? We we sort of, we, we pick them from different times of our life, whatever we've heard repetitively coming up, it sort of sticks. And eventually, right, it goes from being your mama's voice calling you lazy all the time. And then it's like yes. Ayana's voice, right? And, and then you're like, well, this is who I am. And so I think, I think when I'm working with my clients, I really sort of, number one, try to get to like the origin of the voice mm-hmm. um, and, and really exploring. So like, where did that start? getting into the history of it. You know, I, I'm not saying that you can't, even if you can't identify the origin of the voice, I'm not saying that it's any less effective, yeah. but I think that it is a really good first step in terms of understanding like, where did this come from? Because yeah. these words didn't start with you. Right. You, weren't, you weren't like born being like, I'm inadequate. Yeah. It, it, you heard it like, somewhere. Like who told you that? Right, you heard mm-hmm. it somewhere and you heard it consistently enough that mm-hmm. like a plant, it, it, it took root 
and grew yeah. um, in, in, in like sort of your garden of development. So um, I think that's sort of one of the first steps. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to I want to go too far. No, no, no. no keep, that's keep good. Going. That's good. I, I sorry. Small tidbit. Yeah. I I've been saying for because um, I, I used to work with um, moms teaching like um, parenting and teaching uh, child development and stuff like that mm-hmm. with uh, who had kids like three and under. And I used to say that like how you speak to your child is what their inner voice is going to be like. Yep. Because yep. it's so impactful. And you it don't realize is. it even until like your adult years when you're like, why am I feeling like this? Like mm-hmm. even even with my therapist, I just had a session with my therapist where I kept calling and I was like, I'm just been, I'm so lazy. She's like, I know why are you calling yourself lazy? Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. like, like, look at the facts here. Like you've accomplished things. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. taking resting time. She's like, why, what, where's lazy coming from? Mm-hmm. And then I remembered where lazy was coming from. Yeah. Who used to call Who me lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to add to that, that I think it could also be outside of it being somebody verbally telling you that it could be people treating you mm. as Society. that thing as well. So mm-hmm. Teachers. There are so many like nonverbal cues and mm. things that people do to your body language and people pick up on those things That's and right. it makes them feel like I am inadequate or like you used I am lazy. The yeah. voice that I have constantly tried to um cancel out is uh being um mm. dang it, what's the word? Mm. I always use it. It starts with the C. Being competent. being competent. Mm-hmm. Like I have Somewhere in my life, nobody has ever said to me, like verbally, Kayla, you are incompetent. Mm -hmm. But I have been made to feel incompetent by people in various stages of my life. And so Mm -hmm. then that's where that voice comes from. Also, your perception, because your perception is then your reality. And Mm -hmm. it's what lives on in your mind and what you think and what you feel. Yeah, this is so random, but I just thought because I while you were talking, I I personally would imagine, and I don't know because I'm also a minority and a woman myself, but I personally would imagine like whoever has like is is like the the minority of uh, has the most minority in a, in a way probably has like a lot of boundaries when it comes to or barriers when it comes to breaking through with positive self talk because I would I would imagine that society has like taught taught them or myself or like anyone else who's like a double minority a triple my quadruple minority mm-hmm. like that they are one thing and they fit in this one box mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then i feel like there are small things that like people don't think okay this is very look i'm rambling now this is very <laughs> random but sometimes when i'm in a group i realize i have a sensitivity um because i'm again i've talked about this earlier how i'm typically the shorter person and mm-hmm. people usually don't make eye contact with me and so most mm-hmm. of the time i like zone out of conversations anyways mm-hmm. um and i feel i realize it's a habit now because like i'm like no one's talking to me anyways like no mm-hmm. one's paying attention and i realize that that's also something i have to work through mm-hmm. but something i realize that I, I have to repair it because it's an immediate thought like no one cares to talk to me and yeah. so i just zone out yeah because yeah. i'm short that's not true. But you're not the <laughs> but first I feel like person, it came from being You're sure. not the first person I've heard say that. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard that in sessions before, Chloe, but I've heard people who are shorter talk about... Really? Yes. I have a coworker that is that people. is short, and mm-hmm. she talks about being treated a certain type of way because she is short. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that feeling almost like the... Like the chip on your shoulder, like I like they do me this way because I'm short. Because I'm short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've also heard it in the opposite end. Like some of my shorter patients feeling extremely patronized. Yes. Like people will tap the top of their head. And yeah. Weird stuff I've like had that. Like people they not come and people. rest their their elbows on me. People have picked me up. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's the picking me up part that in Fury, I turn into Jack Jack. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I get so upset. Like, I'm a grown ass woman. Yeah. But then also, like, people people assume that uh, certain things about me, like, oh, she's so innocent and she's this, she's that. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. yeah. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> Where'd you get that one where'd, from? Where'd you get that? Anyway. Like, I was going to make a nasty joke. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know nothing about me. Y'all know nothing about me. I'm so I'm weak. professional today, though. Just today, though. I'm so weak. Just today, though. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We gotta get back on <laughs> back track. Back on track. Back on time. I know where we left off at, though. Because Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. So I, I know you mentioned feeling like no one ever told you that you weren't you were incompetent, but mm-hmm. you sort of picked up that. And I, I and I also know like we talked about it, and like in some of your early episodes, you talked about like you know coming up feeling like there were certain limitations to you being like catered to mm-hmm. i don't know if you feel like is that does that feel like a catch-22 to you like coming up having people be like you know what does kayla need what does she want xyz oh, do you feel like that then took away opportunities for you to do stuff for yourself mm-hmm. and then you got the through them trying to make sure you were comfortable you got the message that oh you're doing it because i can't do it for myself yeah i'm just you that know. is part of it i've always said that 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 is a piece of it because of the fact that Um, And I have this conversation with my Nana all the time. I have a chip on my shoulder because I have so much help from my family. And while it is a blessing because Mm -hmm. it has put me in the position to be able to pursue my master's and be able to carry on to set me up for success in the future is something that I constantly have to grapple with with myself about okay, like, does this mean that I don't have the ability to do more? Mm -hmm. Or is this just a phase of life that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. So it is that is definitely a piece of it. Okay. Um it it also is that I am seriously a product of the people that I am raised by and that they are all very kind of like and this is why I want to break this that control factor mm-hmm. of like this is the way to do it and then if you don't do it this way then it's not right. Let mm-hmm. me do it. You know, Mm -hmm. so I've been raised around, like brought up by those kind of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I know that they do it in a place of love, Mm -hmm. it has impacted me in a way where it has made me question my own abilities um, because of the fact that it's like, well, do you not trust me to do it? Um, So then sometimes I do end up coming off defensive. Gosh, damn it. Chicago. Um, That's why sometimes I end up coming off defensive about things because of the fact if I feel like someone is saying something to me and I have in my mind ways that I can handle the situation and someone's like, well, why don't you just, why, like you could do this or you have to do this. I'm like, I got it. Like I know. Mm-hmm. So I come off like that, but mm-hmm. it's because of the thing that I'm dealing with internally yeah. of the desire to feel competent, the desire that people will look at me and be like, oh yeah, Kayla could handle this. She has it. If she needs help, she'll ask for it type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I haven't necessarily had that experience. So it makes me super on edge when it comes to the ways that people extend help to me, how they offer it to me mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trigger something. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just learned something new about you. Yeah. That's yeah. deep as heck. Yeah. Oh, my Kayla. You did that. Deep shot. <laughs> You deep. You asked the question. You put you put it together. You ramble through your own stuff. Yeah, look. You therapizing yourself. Look, look, look. I handed you the tangled up cord. You lie. Don't tangle with them journals. Look, you good. Um, I know that you shared the ways from a um 
from a perspective of like if people wanted to kind of cope with these things themselves? Did you share that part or did you share the clinical one already? No. So I was getting to that. So okay. I'll, I'll run through the clinical one. Okay. okay. So in terms of like going into treatment. So step one, accepting that the current voice is no longer adaptive. Mm. And a part of step one is also identifying the origins of the voice. Mm-hmm. So I like to tell my clients that like, you know, think of the think of the internal voice as like clothes that don't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, maybe your dad being like, you know, clean that room, you know, I'm gonna whoop you, you know, mm-hmm. motivated you to do it. But like mm-hmm. at this point, when you when you talk to yourself that way, it makes you even more sort of, you know, unproductive. Yeah. So recognizing that it doesn't work anymore because not all of the voices that we've gained from our childhood are or throughout our life are are like maladaptive. Mm-hmm. So so really sort of understanding the ones that just don't fit you anymore and the yeah. ones that you need to shed yeah. um, is one of the first steps. Second step is to focus on building the muscle of redirection is what I like to call it. Um, so whether that be through affirmations, distractive coping, sort of, sort of non-triggering TV, mm-hmm. music, calling friends. Like, you know, if you if you dealing with chronic low self-esteem, do not put on euphoria. Don't do that. Like, yeah. you know, you want to be you want to be really conscious of what you're turning on when you're yeah. trying to distract yes. yourself. Because, again, I think in the in the first stages of trying to reparent yourself and trying to give a new voice um, to yourself. You want to be really, um, excuse me, conscious of the media that you're taking in. Yeah. Um, so I think also in terms of building the muscle, you want to work on self-talk, right? Either out loud or internal. A lot of my clients use voice memos. Yeah. I'll tell them, walk down the block, pretend you're on the phone, let that drug out, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so a, 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 a real way of like giving, literally giving a voice to what you want to be saying to yourself while also addressing the parts of you that that are, you know, sort of like a cancer attacking you. Yeah. Um, three, I also really like rumination and chaotic journaling. So this mm. is something that's become a little bit more popular. People will just get journals without lines and they'll just go crazy on that journal. Sometimes they'll paint in it. Um, cool. So I like, I encourage my clients to, to, to sort of practice chaotic journaling, whatever's coming to your mind, even if it's the thought itself write it like just yeah. write it as many times as it's occurring to you write it and then write a re- the redirection thought somewhere in that same phase i like to think of it like you know when you were coming up they would say write the spelling word five times each yeah. it's sort of using the same tactic right you write what is and then you write what should be as a mm-hmm. way to sort of internalize it um and it, and it works wonders yeah. um so so that's that's step two and then Um, (laughs) then also setting boundaries to protect your inner child so i know you know we've talked about that boundaries is a big thing and then also sticking to the consequences Mm -hmm. this is what i like to tell my patients you do not make your consequences (laughs) so so this is going to be a hot take you know i i tell my patients to be wise in the consequences that they set don't make consequences too extreme unless necessary but be a fierce protector of your progress Mm -hmm. Because what happens with my clients is like, you know, they'll be like, man, you know, I, I told my dad not to comment about my man and he did. So I'm never talking to him again. Oh, well, mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, you know, that is, I mean, I mean, hold on, on, hold on there. Uh, hold on there. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and obviously after a while, if they think about it and that's something they want to uphold. I tell them to do it. But you want to make sure that the consequences that you put in place don't compromise you further. Mm-hmm. So even though your dad makes comments about your man, he mm-hmm. is also a really great resource of self-esteem for you. So you don't want to mm-hmm. cut off that relationship. But I'm also not saying I'm, I'm also not saying you have to be around him. So, you know, I, I, I sort of walk them through. um 
stages of consequences for overstepping boundaries because mm-hmm. I think people are either like it's it's the cutoff generation yep. I used to be the cutoff queen yeah um and then I realized I was losing a lot of good relationships right I was yep. throwing the baby out with the bathwater yep. essentially so you know with the bathwater okay. it's a really dark saying okay. <laughs> right. you haven't heard that one hell no oh, country heck yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> infinite water. No. Um, but but you know, I, I I try to encourage them to create levels of consequences when boundaries are overstepped. So maybe the the first one, first you have the conversation with the person. We cannot assume people will understand our boundaries. Yeah. People aren't raised like us. Yeah. We can't under you know, we can't assume that they would know to not comment on our relationships or our bodies or things like that. We just can't assume. So I think, you know, I say step one, you know, it may be you have the conversation first. You say, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do, right? And that may be anything from like, I will take space from you for a week if you do that again. Yeah. Or or I will no longer talk to you about this topic. Or if you bring this up, I will walk out of the room. Um, making it really clear this is what's gonna happen. And then and then when you when you say it and if it happens again, you get up and you do that junk. And I also think in in addition to making sure that your boundaries aren't aren't super extreme, it can be really hard even for patients to enforce really extreme boundaries. So for your sake, <laughs> you know, on multiple levels, you keep the the consequences of, of overstepping boundaries with your inner child um, to levels because you also have to grow in your ability to enforce boundaries as well. So people who who be, you know, making extreme boundaries with their niggas, <laughs> that it, you know, and, and like, hey, you, you, you texted so-and-so, I'm going to cut you off. And then they end up getting back with him is because they don't really have the wherewithal to enforce that big of a boundary. Yep. Um, so you got to be wise about, about the, the boundaries that you, you set and the consequences that you have attached to them. Yeah. And now I'm done rambling about that. So those no, are the, that's those so are the, <laughs> those are the sort of steps that I'll, I'll take as a clinician in, in clinical therapy. That yeah. really good. That's really good. And that I think good. that people can definitely should be able to relate because even though I don't think that I have heard it in the way that you uh, put it about specifically with boundaries before, but people talk about that a lot when it comes to goals Mm -hmm. and how to not set too big of goals for yourself and overwhelm yourself. And then you're ending up in a position where you're not successful to Mm -hmm. complete them. And so it's almost the same thing with boundaries. Like you want to be able to give opportunity for things to work themselves out for you to realize that a person's mistake does not necessarily define them completely, Mm -hmm. but also like there has to be boundaries around different pieces of that person that might not be conducive for you all's relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will say the boundaries things is a, it's a recent lesson that I've taken on in the past uh, year and a half. Cause I, I mean, I thought I understood what my boundaries were and <laughs> and then I realized I didn't have good boundaries with myself. So yep. I couldn't even like even when I said I was going to do something, I wouldn't even do it because I, I, I mean, I just, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I realized because I was also part of the cutoff generation. Oh, my God. I was part mm-hmm. of the cutoff generation. So I'd be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. What's up with it? No. Yeah. Um, but I realized I was doing myself a disservice by not flexing or at least by not exercising my skills when it comes to communication and mm-hmm. with setting boundaries um, and just doing the relationship a disservice. Like at the end of the day, I want to say that like I I put in the work that I try. Like I genuinely try to mend things into. But but of course, that takes two people who are willing to like, you know, be respectful and 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 learn each other but nonetheless like i even 
be, this is beyond because people love to be like this is about Jared this is beyond romance I'm just in friends in general yeah. just relationships yeah, as a aspects. whole in all aspects because even when it came to friends I used to be really quick to cut people off mm-hmm. when I when I started to see stuff that I didn't like and I'm like I don't like how she's communicating that like why is she acting so childish you're like and I'll be quick to do that but not understanding that some people just I mean they can't read your mind like and other people need they need room to grow too like that's a true relationship if you can press your friends like hey like the way you're Man. coping isn't it's not healthy or the way that you're communicating with me it's making me feel some type of way yeah. and I realize like I'm doing I'm doing us a disservice what am I doing yeah. Yeah. and so, then not taking yeah. things personally yeah because oh that's like God, the yes. toughest lesson to learn that I think that I've learned like going into my 20s like probably around 25 yeah learning that most things are not personal most things have so much more to do with where that person is in their life at the moment yeah. and not a personal attack on you. Okay. Even when they might be lashing out in a way that it is attacking you, mm-hmm. a lot of times that it's not the root, like what you talked about, like the root of that issue, mm-hmm. like yeah. where it's really stemming and coming from is rarely from you as a person. It's more so based upon what they're going through internally. Yeah. I agree. Long yeah. story oh. short, give people the... The grace. Grace. <laughs> the grace. Go ahead. Chloe. No, I was I was just going to add because I what y'all said was like so insightful. You know, I think I think for one, even even dig, I lost that job. Oh, <laughs> super quick. No, no, no. I remember. I remember. Okay. <laughs> no, you know, I think I think in terms of like taking things personally, as you sort of see how people interact and how they may overstep your boundaries, I really encourage my clients to like hold both. Mm-hmm. That hurt my feelings, yes. but also you going through stuff Two as well. Yeah, right, exist. right. Holding them at the same time, yeah. and I think also even you know as you mentioned, Ayana, right? Like you, you sort of recognize that you were doing yourself and those relationships a disservice by like not communicating and cutting off. Mm-hmm. You know, I also think in in a in essence, creating layered consequences for people who overstep boundaries. It's beneficial. You know, dig. Why am I losing this? Junk? <laughs> I'm losing this junk mid sentence. No, no, no. It came back to me. <laughs> Edit this all out. <laughs> no, but I, it's it's also beneficial because it increases respect in the relationship yes. as well. When somebody knows that you do what you say you're gonna do, yes. whether that's coming through on a promise or coming through on a consequence, it builds respect. Yeah. Consequences just get a bad rap because people feel uncomfortable with them. Yeah. Right. We feel happy when you come through on a promise. When you come through on a consequence, it be dang. I was hoping you. Were Skip that shot. Yep. <laughs> no, I told you that if you said this to me, we weren't going to yeah. talk for a little yes. minute. Yeah. So we're not going to talk for a little minute. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to hit you up on this day. I'll feel yes. ready to talk about it then mm-hmm. and, and, and we'll be good. And again, it's uncomfortable for people, but it bolsters respect. On yes. Respect on for both yourself ends. You respect yourself. You're like, yes. I'm really that nigga. I really cut this person off. I did that. You know, I, I really took space for a few days. Yeah. Like it, it builds both inner respect as well as from that person to you. Um, and it really decreases the chance of them overstepping Agreed. again, honestly. But it really gotta, does. You got to make reasonable consequences, stuff that you can stick to. So right. yeah, that that's all right. That was just the... No, no that, that was, was good. really good. That's good. Come on, Thought. I'm glad it came through. <laughs> I, so I wanted to, before we wrap up, because I know we're getting close on time and we could talk about this forever. So we probably are going to have to do a part two. But... Um, We had some questions that we actually got from our stories. So you all, if you are watching this and you follow us on Instagram, make sure that you are catching up on what's going on. Oh, it's my hair. Catching up on what's going on with um, on the stories so that you can submit when we have guests and we want to, you know, give you all the opportunity to interact with the episodes as well. Um, 
So we kind of talked about this, but if there is any more, someone said where to start daily practices. So is there anything extra that you didn't mention from the things that you mentioned before? you like, let me check my notes. Let me check my notes. Um, so, so I guess re- really quickly in terms of self-reparenting, 10 quick steps. I found them online. Be self-compassionate. Honor your feelings. Cling to curiosity, not judgment. Mm-hmm. Be patient with yourself. Work towards consistency. Return to your why. Embrace self-discipline. Seek joy. Release blame. Have fun and focus on self-care. Mm, that's good. Um, and when you look at the crux of those things, it's literally what you would think about when you're when you're raising a child. Yes. So I think I think just literally Sorry, take that junk. No, no, no. Like for real. Like take that junk and apply it to yourself. Kids yeah. benefit from consistency. Yes. Give yourself a consistent schedule. Kids benefit from fun. I just think I think we really undervalue the therapeutic impact of having fun. Yes. Like even in simple ways. Like you ain't got to spend a bunch of money, but like if you want to sit in the tub and splash the water. If you wanna, if you wanna be in the shower and then do the little Spider Man thing, like do that, do that junk, like like, do that, do that junk, like thirty, forty, you know, like, like I encourage, I really encourage my patients to like engage in childlike fun because we yeah. think we have to give that up so all of these things are really sort of if, if you think about what would i do for a child i love yes. take that junk and direct it. it inward um yeah. and be creative with it and, and that's how you sort of repair it yourself yeah. i love that that's how you say it because i know i when i realized i had gone through a period of just like um ignoring every everything in my childhood everything mm-hmm. that um all the habits i picked up all the the poor perceptions i finally had a moment where i was like uh my kids are gonna see this and so i i realized like what would i want for my own children and what would i want Mm. for my because they learn through modeling most of the time they they see what they see and then they like take it on without even realizing they're taking it on so i realized like what do i want my kids to to have for themselves Mm. and and a lot of that is i want them to be self-confident i also want them to give themselves graves but also like Mm. be growth mindset and and constantly be inquisitive and like learning new things and 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 giving other people grace and setting boundaries like those are all things that i wanted for my kids i was like those are things that i need to start learning how to do and implementing for myself yeah um so that's what really started my reparenting journey is realizing like one day i'm gonna have kids and they're gonna be looking at me yeah Mm -hmm. no that's so real what the Mm -hmm. hell is this mess (laughs) (laughs) like girl girl no that's true i we have a couple more but i know we're running out of time so what we'll do though is that we'll give you the opportunity to respond to them and we'll post them on the story so that we can still answer them because we have a couple more um but before we go i want to thank you so much chloe Mm -hmm. You you know how much I love you and I love that you were able to come here and let your light shine of who you are professionally and people being able to get a glimpse at why you are so special to And to finally meet you because I've heard your name. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So before we wrap up, I know that you are no Instagram, no social media shorty, but where can people find your businesses if they want to you know, pay you coin. Yes. Yes. So, so I am available for individual therapy supervision to other clinical um, therapists and I do panels as well and speaking engagements. You can contact me at C Gillespie Gogans at uh, Mazani therapy.com. Yes. Um, so I'm sure we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll put, put the put spelling the... somewhere. Yes. Yeah, we'll put that a long last name. <laughs> Strong back. <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah okay. that's where you can reach me i love it and also before we go 
you brought something that you wanted to share. So this is also another resource that people can use. And what is it called and who is it by? Yes. So it's a book called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. Um, she's really popular on social media. She has an account called The Holistic Psychologist. So <gasps> she's really, her? That is her. Shorty is lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, mm-hmm. I think we... F- Oh, wait. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. So so I'm about like a fourth of the way through the book, and it's been really good. It is a read. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I definitely recognize maybe starting here mm-hmm. um, or following her account. Um, she's just one of the one of the resources that, that makes it really easy and clear on how to do the work of reparenting yourself. So, yes. Yeah, resources. Super Check cool. I'll it. definitely take a read for that one because I'm mm-hmm. in that journey mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But as always, for our socials, you know that you can find us on TikTok. I'm going to get it right this time. Fill in the blank pod on TikTok. Yes, I got it. On Instagram, we are filling the blank underscore. Um, before I get to our socials, you can also follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube and make sure that you're watching our lovely visuals so you can see Chloe's lovely face and our lovely faces that you see every week. Um, and then you can follow us on our individual Instagrams, me at as told by dot Kayla and Ayana at Ayana.amar. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again this week. We love you all. Bye-bye.